busy girl I am this morning. I promise you won't see me again after this. Um, I have the honour to read from the Word of God, from Proverbs, chapter 16, verses 1 to 9, and also 33. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And verse 33 says, the, lost, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Thanks, Grace. Um, we're going to be focusing on a few of those verses, not all of the ones that Grace read, uh, but also a few others throughout the book of Proverbs. So it might be handy for you to keep your Bible open. If you're a note taker, uh, then you can take note uh, of the verses that we'll be referring to. Uh, I'll call them out as we're going along. Uh, now, I already uh, originally intended that I would write this sermon uh, last week. Uh, last week we were on holidays. We were coming back on Tuesday night. Uh, I had had this, this whole, uh, that week planned out. I was going to come back fresh from holidays, full of energy, and from Wednesday onwards just be able to smash out a sermon uh, and be ready for last Sunday. Uh, that didn't happen. Instead, I wrote this sermon uh, in this past week. Uh, and that happened because on holidays uh, in Christchurch, our plane was delayed uh, by four hours. Not a huge delay, not the end of the world, but enough of a delay that we missed our uh, connecting flight. And of course, Tasmania being Tasmania, there were no other connecting flights. So at the generosity of uh, our airline, we were put up in a hotel in Melbourne overnight after more delays and more fun. Uh, great times with two kids under four. But eventually, uh, totally exhausted, having had late nights and not great sleep, uh, around 20 hours later than we'd intended, we arrived back on the northwest coast. And by then we were tired enough and late enough into the week that all my sermon writing plans uh, were completely out of the window uh, and so we had to fall back on other plans and other arrangements. But things like this make me wonder, why do we actually bother making plans at all? You know, just so many things can happen. You know, you make a plan and everything changes and you have to replan. You know, every time you think you've got something pinned down, Something changes and you have to readjust and readjust and readjust. I mean, who knows what tomorrow brings? Of course, uh, as Christians, we have perhaps even another reason to shy away from making future plans. I mean, after all, God's in control. He knows what tomorrow brings, so why bother planning at all? It's all in his hands, surely. Now, we might think that time to time, but in reality, from what I've observed, we actually live out the opposite. In fact, all we actually do is plan, isn't it? 
We make short-term plans and long-term plans, major plans and minor plans all day. Every day we are planning and thinking and looking to the future. And most often we do it with actually very little thought of God. We say we're going to do this, we're going to go there, then we're going to have that, and then this will happen and so on and so forth. I mean, sometimes we feel guilty. We think, wow, I've made a lot of plans lately. I better just say, you know, God willing. It makes us feel a bit better. You know, we've done the spiritual thing. That'll, that'll make it okay. Now, of course, neither extreme is terribly good, is it? So what do we do? How do we as Christians, as people who want to live for God, how do we make future plans wisely? Well, thankfully, Proverbs has a few answers for us, and that's what we're going to see together this morning. Uh, if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, uh, you might have noted, uh, if you haven't read the book of Proverbs, I recommend you do it. Uh, but if you do, you'll note that there's a refrain that repeats itself again and again and again. Uh, slightly different forms, but essentially the same thing. The refrain is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, it's essentially the motto of the book of Proverbs. You're going to meet it again and again as you work your way through this book. What it's telling us is that wise living starts uh, and rests upon having God at the center and basis of all things. God at the center. That's essentially what Proverbs is about. And that goes for future planning too. Uh, look with me again at chapter 16, uh, verses 1, 3, and 9. To man belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Verse 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. In verse 9, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. We all know we can't live uh, on a day-to-day -day basis and the book of Proverbs is not going to try and make us do that. Uh, the book of Proverbs doesn't discourage us from planning. It says do plan. Planning is a good thing but do it in the right way. The book of Proverbs is saying, in all of our planning, we must acknowledge the planner. That is, we must make plans, but submit them to God, the planner. After all, as we've just read, from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. And uh, chapter 16, verse 33, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. God is the planner. God is the one who not only created all things but continues to govern all things and direct their course uh, by his own wisdom. He is unfolding his plan all around us, even at this very moment. His plan is global, but it also encompasses all of our lives. Every decision that we make fits into his plan. As chapter 19 verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Man plans uh, and God acts. Now we, we can uh, try to imagine what that would look like. We don't have to because we can see it clearly. In fact, we see it most clearly in the most pivotal moment of God's plan, at the moment when Jesus died. Uh, that was an event brought about by man. Rulers plotted, uh, Judas set it into motion. There was a rigged trial, an apathetic judge, a frenzied crowd who all brought that about. There was no forcing in any part of that. Uh, every step of it was by their own decision, by their clear plans and intents. And yet, not long after that event, one of Jesus' followers can preach this in his sermon. 
This man, referring to Jesus, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. They planned, they acted, they decided, freely, utterly responsible for their actions, but even their decisions, even their plans, were still part of God's set purpose and foreknowledge. See, God is achieving his plan. And it is a good plan. It is a plan to redeem for himself a people in Jesus, out of sin to save them. It's a plan to remake them, to send them to the world, to declare him to the world. Uh, It's a plan that spans the globe and a plan that encompasses every moment of our lives. And so therefore our planning must keep his plan in mind. Uh, When I was a kid, we uh, went on cadet camps um, uh, as young boys. That's what we did every summer. Uh, And we often went to a campsite uh, between Longford and Hadspen on the banks of the South Esk River. Uh, If you've ever been there, you'll know that the river there is quite wide. Uh, It's quite deep. And because we always went there in summer, we'd, we'd go for a swim. But the thing is, even though the river is wide and deep, and though it looks slow when you're looking at it, it's quite deceptive. What would happen is you would go for a swim, you would maybe get out a little bit from the bank, and before you knew it, you'd be heading downstream quite rapidly. Uh, so what do you do? Well, as a young boy, you think, I'll go against it. I'm going to swim upstream and get back to our campsite. You know, it's just a river. Surely you can swim faster than a river. Uh, and so that's what you do. You, you, you start swimming. You go uh, as hard as you can. You, you're pushing really fast. You, it feels like you, you, you're making all this, this distance. Uh, and you think after a minute or so of really hard swimming, yep, we're going to be good now. I'll be upstream of where I need to be. Then I can just float back to the campsite. We'll be fine. And you pop your head up and you have a look. And you're actually 100 metres further downstream. Uh, and you've made no ground. In fact, you've lost ground. Now you're going to have to swim to the bank and make a long walk uh, by yourself. And that river is like a picture of God's plan. Uh, God's plan is inevitable and unstoppable. We can act within it uh, freely of our own accord and uh, by our own decisions, but God's plan will roll on. God's plan continues. And all our actions, all our uh, decisions and plans are in it and part of it. As Proverbs tells us, it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, we used to pay lip service to this. Uh, You might see this in older uh, letters and and plans that the church used to make. Uh, At the end of sentences or at the end of plans, the letters DV. Uh, I could never remember the Latin. We always remembered it as De Lord Villing. I mean, which, like, it captures it. That's, that's kind of the point. The Lord filling. If you, that, use that. It's helpful. But is that what it means to plan with regards to God's plan? Uh, just to write DV on the end of your sentences and that, that's okay? That, that kind of covers it? Because it, it feels kind of trite, doesn't it? It feels like we make our plan, we write DV, and then everything's fine. That kind of sorts it all out. What does it actually mean? How, how do we actually do that in a more meaningful way? I'm going to assume this morning you're not trying to deliberately plan against God. But even if you don't do that, there's still a lot of room to move, isn't there? What do we do? How do we plan? How do we seek God's will and act within his plan well? 
Well, certainly our first stop needs to be prayer, doesn't it? Uh, it should be second nature to us to saturate our plans in prayer. Uh, praying that God would reveal His way to us. Praying that He would make us wise to make good plans and good choices. Uh, we need to be praying. We need to be taking heed of God's Word because God speaks to us through His Word. We, we need to pay attention to the community God's given us because God speaks to us by one another. But the, 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 the truth is then within all of that, we are free to act and we are free to plan. After all, God is, not, uh, God is achieving his plan. He's not going to let us stuff it up. He's not going to be like, man, I didn't see Julian making that decision. That is totally put a spanner in the works. We're going to have to change everything. That's not how it works. There will be consequences to our choices, sometimes good, sometimes hard, but all of them are held in God's hand and as part of his plan. We don't have to fear that somehow we might make a bad decision and end up with God's second best. It doesn't work like that. Instead, we seek God's will, we seek to obey, we plan, and then we trust. Now that doesn't mean if you commit your plans to God, even if you do it very wholeheartedly and earnestly, it doesn't mean if you write DV on the end of all your plans, that they are going to automatically always turn out. Things won't always go to plan. Yours anyway. They will always go to God's plan. And that will always be for your good. Because that is God's plan for his people. God's plan for us is good. Even if we commit ourselves to God, even if we do it wholeheartedly, completely earnestly, we still need to understand that our plans might not work out as we'd hoped. And we need to be willing to accept that when that happens, that that will happen. And to accept it when it does happen. We should make plans, we shouldn't marry them. I mean, you see that. I, I see it in myself, you, you see it in other people as well. We get so uh, wedded to our plans that when they don't turn out, you know, we, we either fall to pieces or fly off the handle. We, 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 we don't process it well. And it's a mistake. We're, we're forgetting the bigger picture. God is still in control. God is always in control and his plan is always unfolding exactly as he made, planned it. And that will always be for our best. We need to learn to trust God even when our plans change. We need to trust that if he is changing our plans, it is for our better and for our good. We might not see how that might be. We might never see how that was better for us. But we can know that it is always good. After all, the great planner is the Lord, is Yahweh, the covenant God. It is God who has given himself to his people, who has committed himself to always be with us, to always seek our good, to always act in love for us. It is God our Redeemer. And he most certainly has our best in mind. And so plan. Plan your retirement uh, wisely. Plan it in line with Scripture. Plan your family. Plan it seeking God's will as he wills. Plan holidays, plan renovations, plan your careers. Make use of what you've got. Plan well. Uh, verse 16, uh, chapter 16, sorry, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord. Literally the word is roll. 
Roll your plans onto God. Let uh, their burden, let their outcome, let the things that are in and out of your control, let it all rest on Him. Roll it onto Him. Make your plans, roll them onto Him and simply trust Him. Because the outcome will be good. Because that is His will for you. Whether it turns out as you thought it would or not, it is still good for you. Because God's plan is good for His people. Though sometimes hard, and sometimes confusing, it is always best for us. Now, not only has God uh, given us the ability, given us the freedom to make plans, but God has also provided many means to help us in that. And one of the means that God has given us to plan wisely is something that is very easily accessible and yet something that is way underused. And that means to help us is simply each other. It is our church communities, our, our church families. This is what Proverbs 15.22 says. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. In chapter 20, verse 18, make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. I don't know if you're going to be waging war, but certainly the first part of that one is uh, directly relevant. Get help. That's, that's simply what we're told here. Get help. It is wise to get help. Now, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee that you, know, you get X amount of advisors and from that point on, all of your plans will turn out exactly as you had desired. That's not what we're told here. No, instead, this is a principle. Getting help helps us make better plans. It is a wise path. But not just any help. I don't know if you remember on the old version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, there were all the lifelines to, to help the contestants out. And one of the lifelines was phone a friend. Um, some people have really bad friends, it turns out. Uh, there's friends who aren't there, friends who weren't prepared to, to help, friends who simply weren't very smart and gave the wrong answers and, and cost their friends, their contestants, uh, big money. Don't seek out bad help, seek out good help. The irony is, uh, Solomon, who, who wrote much of the book of Proverbs, who compiled the rest, uh, his very own son, uh, king after him, Rehoboam, ignored these Proverbs. Uh, he took bad advice, and as a result, his, his nation was uh, brought into civil war, and his kingdom was divided. Seek good help. Where do we find good help? Well, fantastically, God has given us a great source of it. God has surrounded us with good help by putting us in the church, in this community of believers, we are here to help each other. It's an amazing gift, isn't it? Uh, a, a group of people who love us, who want the best for us, who we can trust, and whom we can go to and ask for help when it comes to planning our futures. Uh, Steve Jobs once said, it doesn't make sense to hire smart people and then tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And in a similar sense, it, it makes little sense for God to gather a community of people for our help only for us to ignore them or at worst uh, actually just spend all our time telling them what to do, not asking them for help. See, God has given us an immense gift here. God has given us the church, this people rescued by Jesus, filled with his Holy Spirit, saved and being renewed day by day learning and saturating themselves in God's ways and in his word and in his wisdom, that's a pretty great resource, isn't it? 
What a, what a place to go for help and for guidance. Now, sadly, we don't do that very much or very well, especially when it comes to planning out our futures. Uh, maybe we're too proud. You know, we think, I can work it out. I don't need someone to hold my hand through this. Uh, maybe we're too ashamed. We, we, if we, we think if we tell other people our plans, they might call us out as selfish or foolish or, or, or just plain dumb. Maybe we're afraid. If we, we tell someone else our plan, they might say, no, that's a really bad idea, don't do it. Maybe we're a bit scared because being that vulnerable is actually quite difficult and challenging. Whatever the reason, we are ignoring a great resource and our fears are making mountains out of molehills because we are here for each other to help each other. Say a friend gives me a call tomorrow and says, look, I need your advice. We are planning to go away. Uh, we're planning a holiday. Can you help us? This is what we're planning. The only way I, or, or really anyone, can say no to their plans is if they are obviously sinful. Uh, if it's a selfish plan or a wasteful plan or immoral, whatever, that is the only time we can outright say, no, don't do it. If it is wrong, it is sinful, then we're obligated to say that to each other, aren't we? But if it's not clearly sinful, then myself or anyone else can only say to that friend, it's a wise plan or it's an unwise plan and here is why I think that. And that's advice. Simply that, just advice. They are free to take that, they are free to leave it. It's not binding, it's not law. Uh, if the, they have to deal with the consequences of their decision, but regardless of which way they go, their choice is theirs. It's not wrong, it's not sinful, even if it is unwise. See, what we have around us is actually a remarkable opportunity to uh, take advice from one another without being bound by it. Now, that requires grace from us, uh, grace to give advice freely and responsibly, not, not binding each other to it, not holding each other when we can't, but it also takes humility to say, I need help. I could use your guidance and to then be open to it. And in that is great blessing for us. If you're planning a family, well, we have a church full of people who've done the same. Go to them. If you're thinking about building or renovating or buying a house, there's people here who've done that. Go to them. If you're changing career, if you're retraining, Talk to someone who's familiar with the field or who's been through a similar process. You're only going to be told no if your plans are clearly wrong or sinful, in which case we should be glad to hear that advice because we've been saved a great deal of hurt. Otherwise, we'll gain insight and wisdom and advice, advice that we're free to take, free to leave, but regardless, we'll receive great blessings. Now, finally and briefly, there's one caution when it comes to wise future planning. Uh, we're to do it, we're to do it well, but we're doing, we're to do it, remembering to plan for the right future. Proverbs 23, verse 17 to 18. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. 
when it comes to our plans for the future, we need to make sure that our perspective, that our timeline is right. Uh, not planning for the future lowercase, but planning for the future. All our, all our plans, all our decisions in, in the process of making them, we need to be continually reminding ourselves there is a future hope that is beyond all the plans, all the decisions that we'll make here. Uh, God is preparing for us a glorious future, one that is eternal. And knowing that exists must change how we make our plans here. Because to live in ignorance of what's to come would render all our plans here foolish. Uh, we found this out a few years back by experience. Um, we were on a holiday near Brisbane. We'd never been to Brisbane. We thought we're in the area. We might as well stop by it. Surely there's something to do there. Uh, so we spent all our time planning that holiday. We, we planned our accommodation. We planned flights. We planned to get all the, the baby gear there that we needed. We planned the best deals for rental cars and, and so on and so on and so forth. It, hours and hours of work. And we arrived in Brisbane. We woke up there and we realized we knew nothing about the city. Didn't know where we were. Didn't know what you do in Brisbane when you're holidaying there. Knew nothing. Uh, we'd planned precisely how to get there. We hadn't planned anything to do once we were there. Uh, and so we ended up wasting heaps of time just wandering aimlessly around this city trying to figure out what you actually do when you're in Brisbane. I'm still not 100% sure what you do do when you're in Brisbane, maybe next time. But see, how foolish would it be for us to do the same here? To spend all our time planning out what really is our journey, never thinking about our destination. How foolish to spend all our time planning and making decisions and, and, and seeing things organised here that are all going to be swept away in the glory that's to come. No, instead we need to plan with the future in mind. As Jesus told us, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And again, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The future that's coming puts all of our plans into perspective, doesn't it? It certainly makes making plans here a lot easier. Bigger and better is coming. What plans might you make to invest yourself more richly there? And how might eternity come to bear on your plans now? How might it change your plans for retirement or for your building project, for your family or for work? At the end of the day, we need to make plans, uh, big ones, small ones, it's, it's just part of life. But it is something we can do wisely. It is something we can do well. We're to do it knowing that God is the planner and then submitting ourselves and our plans to him. We're to do it using the community he's given, uh, humbly making use of our collective wisdom and help. And we're to do it seeing all of our plans in the light of eternity, guided by the forever future to come. That is wise planning. That is planning in the fear of the Lord. Chapter 9, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a relief it is to know that in all things you are sovereign, that in all things you are working out your plan. 
For we know your plan is for the good of your people. We know it is for the salvation of many. We know it is for the glory of your name. Father, help us to plan our lives uh, trusting you, trusting your good plan, and submitting ourselves to you in all things. Father, remind us of the freedom that we have in you uh, and give us the humility to go to others, to seek their help and to be a help to those around us. Father, in all our plans, in all our thinking of the future, help us to keep the future that you are preparing for us in mind. May eternity uh, rest in our mind and change the way we look at our life here. And Father, so help us plan in a way that you will be glorified, in a way that you will be honoured in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.